0: Welcome to Kenny and the Coaches, and Happy Easter. On today's episode, it's a big treat for me. I have Coach Barry Giles on today. Before this past football season, I never really talked with Coach Giles. But I could talk with Coach Giles about X's and O's or his playing days for hours. His personality and his knowledge of the game of football are as large as he is. He's a great dude. Here's my conversation with Coach Barry Giles. Coach Giles, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to visit with me a little bit.
1: Uh, anytime, no problem at all.
0: Man, now, we've had these conversations, I remember even before pre-games a lot of times, you know, this past football season, I would always, like, ask about the, your playing days back. At, I'm always fascinated with guys that play uh-huh. big-time college football. Uh, uh-huh. Kind of first, let let's let's first talk about your playing days. What was – was being a football player something that you always inspired to be growing up?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I can I can remember, oh, man, all the way back for as long as I – pretty much as long as I can remember. There, there was really two two major deals uh, – two major events, I guess you could say. Um, I have an older brother that graduated in 88 from Hilton, and at one particular point in time, uh, he went to an OU football camp. Um, this was shortly after the the '85 national championship team, and he remember, he come back telling me about Jamel Holloway and Bosworth and all those guys coming around and stuff. And mm-hmm. and he and I was talking about one day about how it would be cool to have a uh, an OU a jersey with Giles across the back of it come out from from the tunnel. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so he <laughs> he decided that when he when he discovered the the money, well, on you know, summer jobs, it's thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. That he decided he was going to chase that, and then oilfield was calling and was more than happy to take him. So he went down that road, and uh, and I can remember watching football games with my dad.
0: You know, mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm I'm, I, <laughs> I'm old enough. I call myself a traditionalist. I, it's like I tell people all the time that I, I never missed an OU Nebraska football game mm-hmm. in my lifetime. But <laughs> the very first one I ever saw, I played in it because I grew up with it being a Big Eight game. And being there at Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I've always been in the Deerwood at Thanksgiving with my family, my dad, and <laughs> grandfathers, and all of those uncles and all that stuff. So we always listened to it on the radio. <laughs> so the very first one I, yeah, the very first one I ever saw, I played in it. Wow. You know, Brent Wischrum and and Osborne and all those guys on the sidelines, and and Frost as a quarterback and those cats, and I was going, I heard y'all's name on the radio. <laughs> you
0: know, <that laughs> stuff. But yeah. so, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's something that I've always grown up around. And my dad, you know, like I said, when he was. He was a pumper for uh, Arco Oil and Gas over at Velma, and mm-hmm. um, you know he used to go out early in the mornings on OU Texas weekend. He'd go out early morning, make his rounds, come back, watch the game with me, and then he'd go back in the afternoon uh, and and make his rounds. So it was just always something that was. And of course, like I said, my uncle Skeeter over at Wilson, you know, he played uh, pro ball for Washington and and mm-hmm. coached over there at Wilson forever, and so. It's just been something that I was born around and raised in and, and and grew up in, listening to arguments with my dad and grandfather about the Dallas Cowboys at Thanksgiving and Sundays and that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's it's just always been something that I've always been privileged to be around and an opportunity to be involved in.
0: Yeah. Now what was – you kind of mentioned that, and you had told me in the past about some of the people that you'd played against or been on the field, you know, been on the opposite side of the fields against like Marshall Falk, you know players like that. Is that was what's the biggest difference between playing in high school and playing in college, and like seeing those guys like you were saying, you know, hey, I just heard your name on the radio, you know, you're you're kind yeah. of famous. Now I'm playing against you. What what is that like? Well,
1: you know, at, at the time, it's it, it, you know when you're playing, there's very few of them, you know, that are getting some of the, those accolades. You know, Marshall Falk was he was a freshman when I played against him. Oh, okay. uh, you know, and so he wasn't—he wasn't he a wasn't hall of famer. You know, when when he was at San Diego State, and he and don't get me wrong, he was good. He was a great running back and everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you know, the the, the thing about uh, the difference that I noticed really quickly—you uh, know—you you have to change your work ethic quickly because mm-hmm. a lot of times you go from, there, especially like for me, going from being. You know the big fish in the small pond over Hilton in Class Two A. You know me and James Allen were, we were we were pretty much the big dogs running Class Eight, they're Two A or 2A at that time. Mm-hmm. You know when he was in Greenwood and I was at Hilton, and um, you know we were we were pretty much we were the name brands. Yeah. Uh, but you know when we got to school, when we got to OU. You know as, as a lineman, man, everybody is bigger, everybody is faster, <laughs> everybody is stronger. You know it's not just it's not just one or two guys. You know it's everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my first day. You know, when we went to when when I went to OU, we had freshman camp, and you were there for about two weeks. And then the you know the varsity showed up. Mm -hmm. Well, you get thinking you 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 thinking you know some stuff because you start (laughs) figuring out, hey, this kid does this and this kid does that, and I can do this to beat this, and I can do that. So you get to thinking that you know stuff, and then the varsity guys come in and you run real fast. You don't know nothing. (laughs) Um, I remember the first time I was trap bait bot. You know Joe uh, Joe was a really good friend of mine, but uh, you know he come trap me, and I thought I was I thought I was fixing the – I was going to make the headlines, and I ended up making the highlight reel. Really. It was just for the offensive side of the ball, you know, coaching real when I was playing defense. So <laughs> yeah. you, you learn real quick. You don't know nothing, and, and it it's a humbling experience. And if you're smart, you you remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I, I I've seen kids that you know that that take that
0: that 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 is, that, that and they they forget and they think they're better
1: than what they are or they think they're great and they turn out washing out mm-hmm. you know and the smart ones and that was one of the things you know, that i learned when i was there is you know humility uh yeah there's always somebody bigger and better than you
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know there's always somebody tougher than you there's always somebody that's watching more film than you you know and that was I, I i learned i knew early on with my with my grandfather and my dad and my brother and my uncles um all my men in my life that I I, when I was growing up, they taught me about a strong work ethic, but I really, really, really got driven home when I was at OU. Um, you know, you you may be a better athlete than me. Uh you're probably gonna be faster than me, you may be stronger than me, but you're you're, you're gonna you're gonna if you beat me, you're gonna know I'm there. You're not gonna outwork me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that was one of the biggest drastic eye openers for me going there to, to OU. Yeah. Was what it was going to take to just survive, not even really necessarily survive, but just survive at times.
0: Yeah, well, and you I know. think that's something. I mean, I, I've just been around the, the smaller school level. I can't. I, I think that's why I asked you so many questions about it in the past because I can't fathom what it ta- the mental toughness that it takes to play at the D one level.
1: Yeah, it's 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 strange and it's weird because and what was what was really difficult for me um there was because you know i mean i i, I got there in 93. Mm-hmm. we weren't really all that far removed from that whole you know the Bosworth bad boy era you know because i mean what switzer left in like 89 something like that so mm-hmm. coach gibbs was still our head coach and so we were still having to you know we still had to walk the line and we still had to do you know we still had to be presentable and in public and all this stuff in class and all those other sort of things and so you know you, you Stack that on top of football, and stack that on top of your presentation of how you appear in class. And like, you know, there was, there was, there was times it was like, you know, I, I saw a deal the other day where Deion Sanders was was going through the deal at Colorado about people not wearing hats and about his players not wearing hats in school and mm-hmm. the backlash and that sort of stuff. Well, Snowberger wouldn't let us wear hats in the building. <laughs>
0: yeah. You
1: know? and, and there and there were you know there were there was people throwing a fit about Deion Sanders telling them that his kids at Colorado couldn't do that. They didn't know that for years.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: we, oh yeah. We were told not to wear caps and and you know and shirt and you know sleeves shirts with sleeves cut out in in the, in the classroom. If he saw it, we were in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know. So it, it's it, it is, is it's a mental game. Uh, it was um, and, and what, it was it was once you figured it out, it became and the the biggest problem for me was the time management early on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I I never could figure out how to my freshman year was was we trying to figure out how to do everything you know, try to get everything done. Um
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: realized it was you know, that was I had to I had to figure out how to do the, how to work the time. You know, go to bed at a certain hour, wake up at a certain hour, do those sort certain things. And once I kinda got that figured out I, I got to be a little I got I got it got a little bit easier. It never got easier, but it got a
0: little bit easier. Yeah. Well and that's you know, that's I mean Dion's kinda from the same era um, you were so you know, I, I can, I, I understand. I, I said that's kind of how I grew up too. In 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 coaching, you know, it's like you, your coach was around you, buttoned up, and you did things right. You know,
1: and well, you better you know, do I, things right
0: or somebody's going to tell on you. Exactly,
1: <laughs> and you and know, I talked about this several times up there. You know, uh, you know, we're both kind of both of us are kind of in the same boat. Our age puts us in that. That old school bracket of mentality of respect and, mm-hmm. and, you yeah, no, man, yeah, all this other sort of stuff. But our coaching the time frame, years wise, you know, we're still kind of in that baby stages of it. I mean, I'm, I've been doing this. I just finished up my 15th season of playing, with, of coaching football. So by some standards, like I say, I, I've known, I've heard of coaches been doing the same schools and other schools for 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> they've yeah. earned that, you know, to be that old school, way. and they've got that kind of old school mentality, but, you know, I'm kind of stuck, and you and I are, like I said, we talked about this several times. We've kind of been in that deal about, you know, being flexible and changing and adapting and all of that sort of stuff. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: our respect level is still you, you know, yes sir, no sir, all this other sort of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay. Now, you kind of talking about that old school, new school stuff. What's it like kind of watching today's college game now and comparing it to when you played? If you even watch it anymore. I mean, I know some I guys that don't I like did. watching it.
1: I've I watched it, but I've watched it I, – I I wear my wife's slicks. She will not watch a football game with me um, <laughs> because I – well, and the thing about this is I don't – I barely watch them from, a, from, a, from an entertainment standpoint like I should. Mm-hmm. You know, most of it is the evaluation or the coach or – you know, I can't believe you take this step, or why are you doing this, or what if you change this, or if you do this, or if they do blah, blah, she gets tired, she'll make it through maybe the first five minutes of the quarter, and by the end she's either moved on to watch something on her phone, or she's left the room. Um, she <laughs> sure. can't watch it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, the, you know, it's like I tell, I tell kids all the time, you know, the kids love to get into this great, the the who's the greatest, the GOAT conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I tell them all the time, you, I don't think you can say who that is because the game changes so much Yeah. you know and, and, and it's changed so much from when, when I played you know when I got to OU we were a 5-2 defense yeah. you can't you can't you, there's no I don't know of any colleges in, a, in in the United States that runs a 5-2 defense no there's no high school's running
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know uh, but, but it'll line up in a power out you know, most people only I, you say a fullback to kids these days. They don't even know what that is. <laughs> true, you know, true. they look like you got three heads and like a fullback. What, what's that? Yeah. You know, um, you know, uh, and so it, it's it's changed a lot. Um, but the one the one great thing about football that I, uh, that I always respect and I've always admired about the game of football. You don't, like I said, you don't see Power Eye anymore. You don't see 5-2 defenses. You don't see all those types of things. But at the heart of it, you still have to tackle. Yeah. You still have to block. You still have to run. You still have to throw. You still have to catch. You still have to do all those fundamental things
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that make it, you know, to make to be successful. And so that's why I like, that's what I like about football is, you know, it, it, and I think that's why I get more, into the coaching side of it when I'm watching things because I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't care if you're running a spread offense or if you're running the power I, if you're running a wishbone or, you know, if you're running wing T, if you're watching Navy and Army play each other or whatever the game, you know, mm-hmm. it's the fundamentals. It's yeah. the small
0: stuff. Oh yeah, no. yeah. And the thing, about, the thing about those fundamentals, I remember uh, we were, you know, talking in a break one time, one time this past season, and you were talking about kind of how your legs are from, from doing like. Pass blocking, mm-hmm. how your legs are like kind of almost fused in that spot. You know, okay. like you, yeah. you can still take those steps now. You know, and it's like oh, it's, just, it's just automatic.
1: I, 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 yeah, it is. It, it's ingrained in you. You yeah. know, and the thing about this, it it's just like you know, just every little de- you know, just little details. If I if I if I back up, if I if I'm outside doing something or whatever, you know, if I go take a back step, I, I'm kick stepping. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's weird. I don't just. I don't back up like normal people. I'm in pass protection. You know, <laughs> my, my first step is—I mean, I may make my first step, but my second step is drag. So if I have to inside post you, I'm not—my foot's not in my inside foot's so not leaving the ground. Yeah. And people look at me like, "What are you weird?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's—you know, it, it's just—it's it, something that I've done." You know, like I said, for—I think Kyle and I figured it up one time. We played. I think by the time I figured it up, hung up my cleats. I think I had like 15 seasons between high school. Starting in junior high, high school, OU, and then for the arena ball, I think I played like 15 seasons of football, and it's you know, pass rush, run, run block, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it's all those different types of things, and and it was just like up there, you know, that was one of the things that I loved about the last the you know, last season working with you guys up there. The Empire was, you know, just to be able to sit back and you know, whenever you know, kind of like almost being a consultant. Well, what are you seeing? Well, I'm seeing he's taking a false step here. Okay, well, we we'll fix it, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. this side of that, it, and it's. Like I said, and, that, and that's the thing. That's why Cali can't watch the football game with me because that's the stuff I pick up on. Yeah. You know, I'll go to college game, and I'm like, well, that doesn't make no sense. And she's like, I'm
0: out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. Now, going from, you know, when you hung up your cleats, going to the high school ranks, what was that adjustment like going from, like, the precision, the, like you said, all that stuff is, like, ingrained in your head of, of the college game and the and the pro game. To teaching it to high school kids, how difficult was that?
1: Getting adjusted to the speed.
0: Yeah, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I don't. This comes. I don't want this to come across as as bad, but it's so much. It's it's slower. Mm-hmm. You know what I and and I mean like when I play arena ball, you know if you watch arena ball coming up here pretty soon. I mean there's, I mean there's it's constant action. Everything is people are always moving. They're flying around it and all this sort of stuff. And in college was the same. You know, I got used to, you know, guys rushing to edge running, you know, four sixes, four fives, and now they're running four fours and four threes as edge rushers. Yeah. You know, for a high school kid, to to try to coach that to a high school kid, you know, it's different because I had to get somewhere and I had to be somewhere fast. So my hands were constantly always ready and always going. Mm-hmm. And, so, and my feet work was the same. My feet always had to be constantly moving up on the balls of my feet being uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Um, high school kids, it's not that but not that way. I mean, I, I, you know, you get to the point where you're just like, you could block this kid with one hand because he's, after watching him on film, his pass rush techniques or whatever, but, you know, he's high school. Mm-hmm. And so you have to adjust that because of the speed of the game between college and arena ball and, and, and the other things at high school level. Man, it's just, it's so much slower. And I, and I can remember that first, that first, practice at cricket when I first started coaching, I was like, I, I felt like those old school cartoons, you know, when they're, the cartoon characters crawling across the desert, you <laughs> know, and I was going, yeah. they're never going to get here. <laughs> You're just <laughs> sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, and so I think that's been the biggest adjustment going from, from playing to that. And then the other part about it, the hardest part for me is having to, I, Having to realize that the, you know, that these kids don't know as much as as what I do when I'm coaching them. I get lost. I get using terminology and words, and like I said, I mean, inside post, outside post, you know, pounding. And they're looking at me like I got three heads, and I keep having to remind myself, oh crap, this is a high school sophomore. He has no idea what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, well, if I'm talking to a coach or I'm talking to a college player, and I say, you know, you're inside post or swipe the, you know, clean. Or something, they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. But a, step, you know, a sophomore in high school is like, what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So, that's been a hard, difficult thing for me. I think that's probably been the most two difficult challenges for, for me coaching, is you know, this making sure the speed of the game, and then you know who I'm, who my audience is that I'm
0: talking to. Yeah. So, yeah. now you kind of mentioned some of the places you've been, at like Crooked Oak. You've been dunking at Duncan, at Temple. What's some of the what's some of your better memories from your coaching career?
1: my better memories from my coaching career really to be true us with you, coach are not really they it's kind of strange because it's not really it's not on the football field
0: mm-hmm.
1: um my my best memories are um are my fondest ones i guess you could say uh are my kid you know my kids that i coach and then i say kids they'll always be kids to me but they're not kids i mean I've got a a grown up young man who lives up in Oklahoma City. He's married, got his own kids, his own family, all that sort of stuff. Um, when I first started coaching, he was a sophomore,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, he's probably thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he comes to my house, he's still the first thing he does is he goes to my icebox, just like he did when he was sixteen years old. <laughs> uh, and and he, and that was the way he went, and that was the way my kids are. You know, mm-hmm. um, they they. You know, he's, and he's not the only one. Um, I've got a young man that I coached over at Alta's. Uh, he just had uh, two twin daughters. He calls me every month, mm. you know, check on me, how am I doing, how's it going. We talk about life, we talk about this, we talk about that. He's, I've got three daughters, he's got two daughters, and he'll call me, every, he'll call me, like say, and he's like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to survive, coach. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, you'll be all right. You'll get better. <laughs> so eventually he's like – no, there's still not even. there's barely crawling, and I don't think I'm gonna survive. And i not think "You'll be all right. You'll get there." Um, you know. And so, uh, for me, that's uh, that's that's my fondest memories of coaching. I've always, I'm, I have always i did not always. I used to think when I first got into coaching that, you know, how many, how many, how many banners do you hang? How many gold balls do you put in the, in the trophy case? How many of those types of things do you do, or do you have to do in order to be a successful coach? Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that anymore. Um I don't I, I, I'm, I I've come to the I've come to the realization in the circle that I will I won't personally ever know um whether I was a successful coach or not because I think the judge of it, um, to me, uh the baseline is and I saw this when Coach Tremble at the Jinx died. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has. don't get me wrong, he put a lot of I mean he won a lot of state championships and things like that. But the thing that impressed me was when that man passed away, they had to go up there, and the OBU or the college up there, mm-hmm. and rent out a whole entire building for his funeral services because of the impact that he had on his players that had graduated 20 and 30 years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's the sign of whether you were a successful coach. Mm-hmm. And so those, like I say, those memories of those kids, those times spent – you know, I, don't get me wrong, I mean, I enjoy the wins, and I enjoy the practices, and those are all fun and stuff, but the, as far as the coaching memories, it's more along the lines of, like I say, off the field stuff. The Thursday nights with my kids, you know, I feed I feed my linemen, uh, well, I started out feeding my linemen on Thursday nights, and then it ended up being the whole entire football team by the time I left. Yeah. By the time we left Altus, I think we fed, that last meal I fed up there, I had like 70 people in my home, I fed them a the night before a football game. Um <laughs> wow.
0: uh,
1: so, and and that's the thing, and that's the deal. You know, it's like I said, my you know my guys. When we start my house, it's you know Thursday night. It's it's like Vegas. What happens at Coach Giles' house stays at Coach Giles' house. There's no TikTok posts. There's no Facebook posts. There's no nothing. It's I've had them make fun of me. I've had them make fun of coaching staffs. So I've had them make fun of each other. And, yeah. And all that kind of stuff, and then it's just, it's a blast, and those types of things are what my my best
0: memories. Absolutely. I mean, I, and I think that's something, I think every person, like you were saying, like when you first get into it, it's like how many go balls am I going to win? How many, you know, oh, how many yeah. overall wins am I going to have? But it's, you know, one, as you go along as a coach, I think you realize that the relationships that you build are way more important than, you know, whether you want a district championship or not or, you know whether you went undefeated yep. and shut everybody out. You know that that stuff. You know the kids that check on you, that come back, that that keep coming back. That's the stuff that, that's the stuff that sticks with you. You know I think yeah. that's why I think that's why after a while, you know you can only handle kids so long. <laughs> you know I, well, yeah, that's exactly. what kind of you know that's what building those relationships is what is what is what it's all about.
1: Well, and I think that's the thing that, 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 that prevents that burnout. You know, just like mm-hmm. you and know, I talked about before, you know, you go from being 100 miles an hour wide open with your hair on fire and your rear end hoping and praying that God can catch up with you at some particular point in time <laughs> to, you know, whatever. And, 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 and you know, you, you do that uh, and, and you do that year-round, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's really easy to get burnout. And I think a lot of is what happens a lot of these young coaches, these new coaches, it's about that. It's about that win, and I think that's why we see in coaching where we see, you know, one year he's at this place, and two years later he's at another, and then one year he's back over to a different school, and three years later they're always looking for that that gold ball to win, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after about four or five, six years, they're like, "Oh man, uh, the the money's not good, you know. All of a sudden, I burnt myself out. I, I think I'm going to go be a pharmaceutical salesman or whatever and get completely out of the deal."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they don't ever take the time. You know, to, to make those relationships, like you know, like I mean, you know, I talked about this before this past football season, to get to know those kids. You know, what's going on at their house. You know, mm-hmm. that, that that whole that whole Thursday feed deal. That was that's that that was that whole thing started because of my stupidity. <laughs> you know, I, I and, and I tell this story, and I, I was first year at Crooked Up. Um, we played a game one night, and it was a Friday night, and I had a kid that didn't he didn't he didn't play up to stuff. And we won barely by skin of our teeth, and I ripped that offensive line. Mm-hmm. I was like, this, y'all, no, this this ain't working, and ball. And, I mean, you know, just sort of going off on everybody. And then after it was over with, that young man that I was telling you about earlier still comes to my house, he and I had built up a relationship to where he could he felt comfortable enough to come up to me. And he goes, Coach, some of our guys haven't eaten a legitimate meal since, you know, <coughs> school. Mm-hmm. School lunch is all they've eaten. Last time they you know, ate a supper, was, the two of them that I forgot about, the last time they ate dinner was Wednesday night before. Wow. And the only meal they'd had Thursday and Friday was school lunch. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you won't talk about feeling like a complete and total heel. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I ate <laughs> was big time, I mean, all over. And so at that particular point in time, that's when I was like, okay, fine. We're feeding them. You know, unfortunately uh, for me and my wife, she she loves to feed and she loves to cook, so it worked out in my favor. But I I you know decided we were going to do this before I ever cleared it with the boss. But uh, you know, I, I, but it's like I said, you know, I was stupid. I was you know mm-hmm. first, first couple years coach, first year coaching, you know, thought I was to set the world on fire, was gonna clean up my little end of the my corner of the world and and set it all and and you know here we go and then you know.
0: You're mm-hmm.
1: supposed to be a big time, big wheel OU football player. You're supposed to know everything, but you don't take time to learn your players. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and so that was when I was like, oh, okay. Here's my eye opener. Here's your slap in the face
0: mm-hmm. I think everyone yeah. needs that thing that that moment too. To, you know. Now, I know, I know for you and and Temple, it wasn't the most ideal situation this past season. But I mean, like selfishly, on my part, I mean I learned probably i don't even know how long I've been coaching, but I think I learned more from you, uh, and I know our kids did in this past season. What was that experience like for you
1: that was that was a blessing yeah that was, that really was, and I don't mean to sound that bad on our kids here um, because it's not meant to be that way, but it, it was for me um Getting to be an assistant, get to getting to be back to be an assistant, um, you know, to 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 coach, mm-hmm. you know, be able to do those sort of things. I, you know, I talked about this one time on Thursday before. You know, uh, as a head coach, we don't we don't we don't get to spend a whole lot of time coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we 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 get well, you know, yeah we know this in high school football. Yeah, we know the offense and we know the defense and we know this and we know that. But, you know, we don't get to spend a whole lot of time in, in certain areas. I'll be spending time with the offensive liners, spend your time with the running backs, or spend whatever. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much scattered out through everywhere. You know, and then on game day, you're still making sure the money bags are where they're supposed to be and making sure you contacted the referees and making, you know, I, I mean, unless your athletic director, you know, helps you out and all that sort of stuff, and, mm-hmm. and you're the coaches and things like that. But, you know, to be able to just go back and, go back and coach and be able to tell a kid, hey, look, this step, this step. Mm-hmm. For a long time, people and a lot of times people don't understand it. For for me, you know, I, I left a job in Oilfield making seventeen fifty an hour,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I came to coaching. And people can't figure out like, why would you do that? Why would that happen? Why you're stupid? <laughs> and you think about it, like, yeah, okay, maybe you have something. That may be right about that. But then all of a sudden, after you've been working with that kid for those, you know, three or four days, you're thinking, yeah, they they Those people probably had something to do. They're they're probably right. I was stupid leaving that job. And then when that kid gets it, and we call them those aha moments, they're like, "Oh, okay, I see what you're saying." And they go put it on the field, and it works for them. And they they get to they start to enjoy football the way I enjoy football. Mm-hmm. Then it makes it all worth it. And so for me to be able to get to go back and do those sort of things up there with you guys, and then also like I said with, with you coaches, I mean I, I I learned a lot of stuff up there too. I you know for me learning for me trying to coach. Being a head coach, I was a defensive coordinator here at Temple. I, what I learned about DBs was if you, you know, I knew this when I played. If you hit them really hard, they bounce really well. <laughs>
0: yeah. And
1: so that was really my extent of learning about DBs, corners and safeties. That was all I knew. Mm-hmm. You know, they're little people; they run really fast. If you catch them on a good angle and they're not seeing you, you can knock them up a the cheap seat real quick. <laughs> um, that was really all I knew about them. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and I remember, you know, uh, being out there with y'all there one time during during defensive practice and. You know, Coach Hilda would talk about, you know, covering birds. And, this kind of, and I was going, what in the world? You know, he's <laughs> well, over you know, speaking, you know, he's over using Greek words and talking Japanese terminology. And I was lost. And I finally was like, okay, time out. Somebody going to have to explain this to me, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: um, yeah. And, and, you know, and those types of things, like I said, for me to be able to to slow things down and to be able to, to, be able to say, Man, I don't know nothing about this, somebody's going to have to tell me. Yeah. yeah. I, that's one of my things. I I've, I've I love to learn things, you know, it, it, things that I'm interested in. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit down and try to learn Pythagorean theorem because I'm not interested <laughs> in it. But, you know, when it comes mm. to football or something like that, I love to learn. So, you know, for me to be able to experience those things again this year from the system's viewpoint of it, with a lot of the pressure being taken off my shoulders, was a, was a saving grace for me. It really was. I enjoyed it.
0: It was. It lit a fire back underneath me that hadn't been there in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were definitely beneficiaries of it too. So. Well,
1: I'm glad I could help. It was a good time.
0: <laughs> now, why do you think – I mean, and it's not just at, at Temple or in lower classes of, of football in, in Oklahoma. Why do you think that football is suffering from lack of kids participating? I
1: think it's gotten to the point where, to be truthful with you, Coach, and this is just my opinion – I think we've all, as a society, we've we've gone to with two different things. Two main, two main things. One, um, you know, and it's kind of difficult to explain it, but you know, people like, sometimes people just don't want to work. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? and mm-hmm. they want that instant gratification. We all. We all walk around with a computer in our pocket. If we need to know something, we don't... I mean, it's just like in my classroom. I, I teach history, but I got kids down here that work on stuff, and in my, when they get finished, and they're like, working on math. Well, they go to some instant math thing, and they take a picture of it on their phone, and the thing gives them the answer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And, and they don't wanna, you know, sometimes people don't wanna work for it. They want that instant gratification, instant answers, and move on. Mm-hmm. You know, they want it right then, right there, and they want it correct, and they wanna move on to things. Well. You know, as so well as I do, football ain't that way. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to do that. You're you're going to, it's going to, it's going to make you work. It's going to make you Um It's going to make you do things that you don't want to do. It's going to make your body do things that your body doesn't want to do. You're going to have to physically make yourself, mentally make yourself do it. Mm-hmm.
0: You
1: know, and, you know, and I think the other part about this is, you know, we've gone from being, I mean, and I just, I hate to say this, but, you know, sometimes we just we've gone being soft yeah you know we've got to prove to everybody that you know men can cry too well and, and to a certain extent that's good you know but sometimes it's a little bit too driven too far too hard you yeah. know what I'm saying I think oh, yeah. you know, we're, we're too accepting of things in our society um, that you know sometimes maybe we shouldn't whether you know non-biblical principles or or whatever the case may be we're just trying to prove to everybody that it's okay for everybody to be, you know, to, to to do things that may not necessarily be the right thing, mm-hmm. and and you can't in football or sports, any sports at all. You have to be somewhat dedicated and committed to the discipline of the game, to the practice of the game, to the off season part of the game, to the weightlifting part of it, to the summer pride part of it, and you know those are things that kids don't want to do. Yeah. So they, they want to go out there on Friday night. They want to look good in the uniform. They want to make sure that we have, you know, the brand-new Nike Jordan symbols on their jerseys. But do they want to do the things? Are they willing to do the things in July and August and June and May mm. to get to that part?
0: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man, I've, I've kept you on here long enough. I'll finish up with – I've got a couple of questions for you. Go right ahead. Fire away. What does, What does the future hold for Barry Giles?
1: Uh, the future for me is i'm going to continue to do what i what i what i what i enjoy doing i'm going to continue to coach football uh, I'm going to continue to uh, give kids the opportunity j.r. Connor taught me that there's two types of coaches in the world um, and you can choose which one you want to be and the one I chose to be is i've had my chance in the sunshine i've had my my gory. Um, and it's time for other kids to have that opportunity, and it's my responsibility and my job to give them that opportunity. And by coaching and and teaching them the things that I've learned and the things that I know, uh, hopefully they take advantage of that. They get their opportunity. They go off to college, and they do what they want to with their life. And so my future is going to be continue to be doing that right there. And then I hold the fishing pole and a rifle and a gun as much as I possibly can (laughs) I'm in between uh, and spending time with my family, um, watching my girls grow up, uh, do the things that they enjoy doing, um, hopefully making sure my wife doesn't bounce a rolling pin on my, health, my head more than once or twice that I deserve. Um, so, yeah, that's just that's my plan. I'm going to do what the good Lord has put me on this earth to do and, and continue to do that.
0: Well, She'd have to jump pretty high to hit you on top of the head with it.
1: Uh, Well, you would think that, but she knows where I sleep. (laughs) So she kind
0: of got me at a disadvantage again,
1: as usual. There you go. Yeah, she knows where I sleep.
0: Yeah. The final question I got for you is a little bit. It's way more um, lighthearted. Go ahead. Who was the toughest player you had the job of blocking?
1: Oh, man. The toughest player that I ever had the job of blocking. Man, that's a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) uh let's see well yeah and the thing about this is especially like i say when i was at OU, being on both sides of the ball uh i would have to say probably the hardest one to block was probably grant wisdom
0: okay Uh, oh man i forgot about him
1: yeah man he had a he had a get off and he he was able to work those angles before angles become a real popular thing. You know now it's like they're all talking about the you know uh, about defensive ends how they can get their body light, low and flat to the ground stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, man, man, he could do that. Uh, he could, he could, he could come off the rock and I mean you would think that he six a speed rush you and then he'd inside post you and long arm you and the next thing you know you're rocked back two or three steps before you figure out what's going on and try to plant. Uh, and then if we tried to come off the ball. You know, on a on a run block, he he had he was strong upper body. Uh, you know, he could he could jam pretty good. Uh, so I'd probably have to say the toughest one I've ever had to block would probably be him.
0: Yeah, boy, um, that's a name yeah. I'd I'd forgot about.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was he was tough. I, you know, at that time when, when when I was playing, you know, the the Peters brothers was also there, but we could you know you could cut them. Mm-hmm. You know, those was things kind of, you know, they started really frowning on all that sort of stuff. So being a tackle with him playing inside, if, you know, a two-eye or two technique or whatever, a lot of times, you know, if I had – we were singled up or whatever, they sometimes they would never see me coming. Mm-hmm. You know, so it means you're on those type of things. But when you're out there playing left tackle, you're one-on-one on that island with him. It was – you're by yourself. You better hold on for a long day. <laughs> man, so it
0: I, I can ask you playing questions all day long, man.
1: Oh that's, yeah, there's there's <laughs> there was a lot of. them. us like say I was going <clears throat> back, you know, looking back at some of the guys I played against with him and you know Dan Neal up at at uh, down in Texas played for Denver. State. Of course, you know some of them, some of the guys that I played with there at OU, Stephen Alexander, J.R. Conrad, you know Kelly Greg, uh-huh. uh, James Allen played against uh, Ricky Williams. Uh-huh. I mean, I played against a bunch of them. You know, uh-huh. played up at. Like I say, played against Donovan. Donovan McNabb. That cat was fast. I played nose guard against him. We played Syracuse when he was quarterback out there, and that cat could go. Yeah, yeah, and he was and, and strong. I, I remember, you know, this year watching the the Philadelphia Eagles, and they kept talking about, you know, Jalen Hurts and the and the quarterback sneak. I, Donovan McNabb has some pretty stout legs on him too. When he decided he wanted to run quarterback sneak, it was it was a load. <laughs> There was a there was a lot of beef in that pipe zone when he was killing. He come down there to try to you know, run a quarterback sneak on you. Yeah,
0: man. I yeah.
1: So, but there was there was several of them. like I said, it's kind of it's kind of fun to sit back and look and look, you know, talk to some of the old, some of the old guys about some of the, you know some of the cats that we played against and you know about those different things. like like I said, you know we played you know we played against played with Kelly Greg. You know. At one particular point in time, Kelly was second on the league, second behind in in Baltimore history behind Ray Lewis in tackles from a nose guard position.
0: Wow! Yeah,
1: you know, and he was a, you know he was a nose guard. We had to go against him every day in practice. You know, <laughs> you know, high, what two three time all state high state championship wrestler and here he is playing nose guard at OU. Yeah, you know, he was a load to try to block. Of course, like I said, being out on the edge, I really didn't have to worry about Kelly all that much. But
0: uh, you knew he was yeah. there.
1: <laughs> yeah, you knew he was there. Of course, he would never shut up, but. You <laughs> always knew he was there. I mean, wrestlers, man, they don't ever run out of energy or oxygen. They even though how many times you got to run, they just keep on talking. They never shut up. <laughs> so you always knew Kelly was there. He yeah. was just all one of them little joking, and go lucky guys. Great, he was a great guy to play with. Great guy to have as a friend. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, practice was not fun because he would never shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Coach, man, I appreciate you doing this. Like I said, I could talk with you for hours about football, X's and O's, old playing days and stuff like that. But, man, good luck to you and what your future holds. And uh, wherever you're at, they're going to be getting a good one, man.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Coach. I appreciate your time. And if you need anything ever, you got my number, you holler at me. Don't hesitate.
0: Thanks to Coach Giles for being on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. A new episode comes out every Sunday on your favorite podcasting site. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and several others. And while you're there, check out some of my past episodes from Season 1 and 2. Chances are you'll see someone you want to hear from. And oh yeah, subscribe to the podcast and tell others about it. It's Kenny and the Coaches, and that's Kenny with an E. Until next time.